Hello, everybody, and happy Friday. I'm Philip Ryan Block, uh, creator. I don't really want to call myself creator of the Open Art Collective, but the host of the Open Art Collective. Well, there we go. Um, and as you guys know, this is a open, raw, live look at mental health when it comes to being a musician, when it comes to being an entrepreneur, and generally just being a human being. Um, my guest tonight, I'm really excited to have Angela Davis on the show. Um, so Angela, for those people who don't, maybe don't know who you are, I mean, I gave them a good little description in the bio, but I would, yeah. uh, I would love for you to introduce yourself. Sure, hi everyone, my name is Angela Davis. A singer, songwriter, entertainer um, based in Michigan, Detroit, Michigan to be exact. Um, I oh. am, sorry, oh, sorry, <laughs> phone. Um, I am primarily my genre is R&B, soul. I do a little bit of jazz as well. Um, nice. I'm just very, um, very passionate about music and the arts. And I'm also an educator by day. I work with um, young students. Uh, awesome fourth grade as a special education teacher. So I'm a woman who wears many hats, but music is something that's always been passionate. I've been uh, something I've always been passionate about. And I'm honored to be able to sing all over Metro Detroit from festivals to being opening acts for uh, national acts such as uh, Gerald Albright and Norman Brown. Um, so yeah, here I am. Awesome. Awesome. So, I mean, you, you, like many of the guests that are on this show, come, come from diverse backgrounds all over, the, all over the world with all different kinds of stories. So, I'm really in, intrigued to hear your story. Okay. My mental health story, I assume, right? Well, just, just, we'll tie in mental health, but I want to get, want to give people, I mean, we have an hour to cover. So, oh, okay. let's, let's start at the beginning and then we'll, we'll kind of work in as... The mental health subjects as we go along. Well, as a young child, I always loved music. I sang very young, around the age of two or three years old. My mother told me I would be singing in my bedroom to my dolls, singing not, you know, kitty songs, but singing, trying, attempting to try to sing songs by powerhouses like Stephanie Mills and Whitney Houston and <laughs> at two and three years old. So that's how she knew that this was something very um, serious that I was very serious and passionate about. Um, awesome. There in elementary, middle school, I was always in choir, high school in the varsity choir. Um, I was very shy at first, but something in me just said, you got to go for it. You love to sing. You want to sing. <laughs> just go for it. Try out for choir. And then the rest was history. Um, when I was in high school, I had the chance to tour as of being a part of the um, Black College Tour. The awesome. school, we would participate in that every year. We go on a black college tour. We perform at various campuses, such as like Clark Atlanta University, um, Tiffin University, uh, Michigan State, and so on and so forth. So that was very, I was very happy to do that because it gave me a, a glimpse of what it would like to be like to be on tour as an artist. <laughs> and then when I went to college, um, you know, my parents did not want me to major in music. They wanted me to, you know, get a more practical career because, as you know, um, a job music is, a, yeah. music is yeah. a stable career you know it's like oh my god you could make it one minute and then be on the streets the next so my father pr primarily wanted me to go into something that was more um you know more uh standard so i right. still kept doing music though i sang at various open mics i went to the university of michigan in ann arbor i sang at so many different open mics, fashion shows, jam sessions, things like that. And I kind of got a, a name, made a name for myself as being known as, you know, one of the great singers on campus while still studying to um, studying education. And then okay. when I graduated, I still continued doing music. I auditioned for a few different bands while still teaching, of course. Um, the moment <laughs> I changed everything was in 2015, I entered a competition um, from my local news station called uh, WDIV Channel 4. They had a, a local competition called Super Singer. And I auditioned for that. I made the top five and I ultimately won the competition. Um, awesome. With that, I was, uh, with that winning that, I was able to win a cash prize and also open up for the Beach Boys and the Temptations <laughs> at Freedom Hill at my uh, local, at uh, one of the venues that is local mm -hmm. in my town and so i got a lot of attention because i was on national tv on channel four um it was broadcast i think over 300,000 were watching because it was during the wow. uh, fireworks broadcast every year and 
a lot of people watch that. So that was like a life changing event. From then on, I was getting various opportunities to open up for different artists. Like, like I said, Gerald Albright, uh, Norman Brown. I just recently got to sing background for a nineties R and B artist named Adina Howard. Um, I'm getting ready to open up uh, for Keith Washington singing background for him. So it's just like the opportunities just keep coming and coming since I've won that competition and gotten some notoriety and some recognition for my talent. And I just continue to push forward and um, record. I've recorded music as well as an independent artist. I've not signed, I'm still independent, but even though I've still gotten a lot of opportunities and I'm very Good. grateful for them. Yeah. And I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> it's a, it's amazing what music can do to save somebody. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, th those of you who are watching this and you've actually paid attention to all 20 episodes, which I know there have been some people that do pay attention to every single one. Um, music has been one of my biggest saving points. Uh, it's always yeah. brought me through dark times. It's always, and I don't think I'm the only one that that, that, that happens to, where music saves them, for lack of a better, yeah. for lack of a better term. Yeah, um, it's true. Mainly because like it, it's, and, and I've said this all the time, two people probably get sick of it by now, but music is a powerful thing. Yes. Probably one of the most powerful art forms on the face of the planet. It is. And, and musicians have such power over us and what they, I mean, they can, they can change us on a physiological level. So it's really interesting when, when we get talking about mental health with a musician, because oftentimes musicians are the most troubled. Yeah. And um, see, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really curious to know more like where, I mean, you, you work with the youth right now with, with, with special education, as you said, and you know, I mean, being in music, all these things, what, how have you been able to navigate that? Because it's not always probably been easy. No, it's not. I mean, I have a very, very great support system. My mother has been very supportive, like despite, you know, and my father as well, despite him wanting me to, you know, have a practical career, once he saw like the reaction that people started giving me and that, oh, wow, you know, she actually is, you know, putting the work in. She's actually getting some recognition. This is actually moving in a in a great direction. You know, he became a lot, very, a lot more supportive. Um, right. And like, you know, help get to my shows and my mother helps with, you know, answering some calls and bookings and, you know. Ah, the famous momager. Exactly. Of course. Mom, <laughs> no. And um, I'll get to that in a, in a second. But um, who, um, my husband, who I'm actually, um, I'm actually going through a divorce right now, but um, that's going to be I've a been part there. Yeah. So that he was helpful at to a point, you know, um, and right. it just, it was not, it's just nice to have a big support system. And some of my friends slash fans, have become very helpful, like helping me with some videography and, you know, photography and things that are like, you know, they're doing because they truly believe in my talent and my, right. so having that really did help me, um, you know, get through because I can't do it alone. I'm only one person. Um, and there were times where I did have to, you know, turn down some opportunities because I had become burned out actually early last year, I actually, um, had a little bit of a health scare. I was um, severely dehydrated. I had a issue at work. I had to go to the hospital and water all I, the time. I, all I, know. Day, every day. I had gotten severely dehydrated. Um, I was sick. Like uh, I think I had the flu or something a few weeks before. And I just probably was trying to push it, you know, to get back to work and get back to gigging and all that. But I pushed it too soon. And I had to tell myself, like, you know, you can't do everything. You can't do every gig. You can't do every press conference. You can't you can't do it all. So you have to pick and choose, you know, what's important. And also prioritize time for you, for me, to just right. relax. And I had to, I learned that. Yeah. It's interesting when we talk about relaxing and finding time to just sit still. Yeah. Um, especially, in the cult especially in the culture in the day and age that we're in right now. Because yes. I mean, we have so many people coming at us from so many different angles because of, I mean, we're, we're, we're in a culture right now where we're very always on the go, always trying to do things, always trying to progress forward, always being on the offense, to quote Gary Vaynerchuk. But 
the one thing that I haven't found, which has been a big driver for the creation of this content series was the one thing that we're not on the offense about is our own mental health and really the mental health of those around us. Yeah. Because if we're not, if we're not right here, there's no amount of work. There's no amount of friendships. There's no amount of anything that can help. And to be honest, I'm tired of waking up and opening Facebook or Instagram and seeing this person died or that person committed suicide. And um, you never knew what they were going through. Yeah. And we never knew what we were. We didn't, the, something to see the joys about lives. You, you just can't talk sometimes. Um, it's not just not knowing what they're going through, but it's the stigma around the fact that it's not okay to talk about it. Yeah. And, and honestly, I think if we had broken that stigma years ago, we would not have lost the people we've lost in recent time. And um, yeah. So is, is, that, is that my sound making that loud popping sound or is that you? I don't think it's me. Um, I'm just, it, <laughs> I, haven't done, I haven't done anything different. I'm just talking. I'm hoping it's not me. I can I can edit it out in the audio, so it's no big deal. But okay. um, so, what have been some of the struggles that you faced? I mean, obviously, a female in the music business is one of those areas that's mm -hmm. cause for tension, cause for concern. Um, well, yeah, let me let's talk about the struggle for a little bit before we uh. talk about the happiness and the breakthrough. Struggle probably would be like prior to Super Singer, give you know, give me that platform to showcase my talent to a large audience. Just getting people to kind of believe in me, you know. I'm also, uh, as people would say, I'm a curvy woman, so that was also something. I'm not your typical, you know, pop star. I don't have that typical pop star look, you know, model esque look. Right. And you know, people would you know, put me in a box of, oh yeah, she can sing, she can sing, you know, but kind of thing. Yeah, the so famous but. Yeah. yeah, they would look past me a little bit and just kind of say, oh, keep doing what you're doing, but not really give me a chance to really show what I can do and, and you know, show that I can evolve and do things just as well as the next person. So I dealt with that a lot. And like I said, it wasn't until I actually just decided I'm going to, you know, when I heard about that competition and I auditioned and I actually won, that's when people were like, whoa, like she's, you know, she's on this big stage in front of all these people. She handled herself. She sang the songs that she chose with confidence and you know I, I sang my heart out basically so right. that's when I was able to really show people like you know told you so kind of situation yeah. <laughs> a good good little con those moments are good little confidence boosters for sure yeah. um, so what has been maybe some of the darkest times for you in in oh. coming up in being in music in and really I mean Detroit's obviously not an easy place to grow up Right. So, I mean, what, what is, let's go deeper with the story. So what's been some of those times for you? Um, I actually, you know, have sang at some unsafe places, you know, being, um, trying to, you know, pursue my dreams and being ambitious. I would just take on, you know, basically any opportunity that would come my way. Right. You know, it could be a bar in a very, rough area you know I would do it I, I thankfully thank you God I never had anything happen to me but I did have um people things happen to people that I knew um I had people's cars broken into I had a close very close a musician friend of mine who actually was was killed um on Christmas Eve going to um pick up something I believe going to pick up some food or something for his children and was, was carjacked and, and robbed and killed. So it's just like having those experiences and just, you know, having that fear inside of me. It's, I'd have moments of doubt, like, well, maybe I should just stop doing this. You know, it's not worth it. Maybe I should just, you know, stick to teaching and leave the singing alone because it's not safe out here. But right. then another part of me was like, well, you know, you can't give up. You know, this is what you love and things won't always be this way. You know, God's going to protect you. You know, you're, mm -hmm. you're going to, keep moving forward and you're going to keep moving up to where you won't have to worry about singing in unsafe environments. And by the grace of God, that is what happened. You know, I was able awesome. to make connections with people who had, you know, 
connections with venues that are, you know, top of the line, you know, like I said, Freedom Hill with the Temptations and the Beach Boys or, mm-hmm. you know, going up in Lansing to a, a venue to, to open up for some, you know, jazz, world-class jazz acts, as opposed <laughs> to singing at the bar on the corner that, you know, people is known where people get robbed or people get, you know, hurt. Worse. So, yeah. yeah. That was a that was definitely a struggle. It was like a, what do I do? Should I keep doing this or should I just give up because it's unsafe? That was tough for me. Right, and and, and when you get into those moments of of, of in, I, I like to call it environmental doubt, it's not mm-hmm. you doubting your ability, you doubting your desire. It's you doubting your own ability to perform in the environment that you're put in. Exactly. And, um, I mean, that's like the odds are against you kind of thing. Right. Right. So what was what was the one thing that you were doing that constantly drove you through those moments of self-doubt? Because a lot of people don't think that doubt or self-doubt, more importantly, is a mental issue, mental health issue. So, I mean, when you're continually doubting yourself, the amount of pressure that that's putting on not only your nervous system, but your mind and everything about you, it just you just become a shell of what you used to be. So what was, how did you fight through that? I guess what, what made me fight through it is just like when I would, cause I would take like breaks, I guess, like I would just kind of focus on my music and I mean, sorry, excuse me, focus on teaching mm-hmm. and just kind of thing for a while, maybe just, you know, do some writing or just, you know, sing at home. And it just wasn't getting it. I mean, I missed that, being on stage, interacting with the crowd, hearing people tell me how much I touched their lives because they heard me sing and they were having a bad day. Right. You know, I missed those things. And I felt like my mother and I talk about this all the time. I feel like when, if I'm not singing or I'm not performing, I'm going against what God's purpose is for me, which is to sing and to bring joy into other people's lives. And if I'm not doing that, it's like a, you know, a slap in the face to God. Like you gave me this gift, but I'm not going to use it. Cause you know, I I'm, I'm too weak. I can't get through this environmental situation. Right. I can't deal with, you know, adversity. No, you can do it. God gave you this talent for a reason. And he's going to give you what, what the tools that it takes to, to get where you need to go. Right. And that's, I agree completely because I mean, I, I face similar. And uh, not as the music side, but I mean, more in the fact of when you're building something and you are the only one that believes in what you're building. Yeah. And then you get to the point where other people are starting to believe it. And then you take that moment to breathe, like I talked about with with Catherine, and step back and actually look at what's been accomplished thus, so far. It gets really exciting. Yeah. But yeah. It, when you're head down working sometimes you don't see it and then that one bad thought enters your head and all of a sudden it becomes a bad day a bad week a bad month a bad year so as much as momentum works to the vertical it also works incredibly fast going downhill and and a lot of people that i've talked to so far i've had a similar story like They've had to overcome some adversity, some level of doubt, some level of fear to get to where they are. And, and I think a yeah. lot of people, especially around the topic of mental health, are fearful of talking about it. Yeah, because... they are. Because it's like, you, yeah, you feel like that's nobody's business. Uh, no one's going to care, you know. Yeah. Right. You and I, I think we're raised in a very similar type of household. Very, I mean, mother being very, very powerful, very supportive, yet wouldn't think twice about smacking you upside the head for doing something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but yet at the same point in time, overly empathetic. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people, especially that I've talked to here, haven't had that. Wow. They've had struggles growing up. They, they, they grew up in dysfunctional, very broken homes. I mean, I grew up in a broken home. But mine still is very functional from the level of empathy. Like we, my family just poured out that because from my father to my mother, I mean, we were always a very, you kind of speak your mind. You, you always allow yourself to feel. And I think that's, 
I rebelled against that though. So that that was, but hey, that's another story. Most people <laughs> who've heard this have heard me talk about that before, but what being a musician, being a person of power and influence like you are, have you had people either send you messages, come to you and say, I'm struggling, but your music has helped me through you. You've inspired me to do this with my life and take it, make it better. Because I think as a musician, that is an incredibly powerful part of the job that yeah. a lot of people take for granted. Yeah, I definitely have had that. I've had people um, say that on different facets of my career because through my branding of who I am, you know, I'm trying to be, you know, well, I am and I'm trying to be every day more inspirational, you know, spreading happy thoughts, spreading love and always, and always right. being soulful and spreading the music, of course. So, um, you know, I post a lot of inspirational quotes on my Facebook page and on my Instagram, I'll post things like, you know, have a great day, make it a great day, you know, posting all the types of things and mm -hmm. people will always inbox me and say, like, you know, I love seeing your inspirational posts. They just make my day. It just made me so happy to see, you know, your smile or just to see you post something about, you know, try, keep trying. You're going to make it. I post a lot of things of, of that nature. And then also right. people come up to me saying, like I told you one lady one day at a performance told me I had a horrible day at work today and I was not even going to come out. But I'm so glad I did because hearing you sing just... It just made me forget about everything and made me just feel so good. And that was like, wow, right. that's powerful to know that I could do that for someone or help someone feel better than they did right. before they got there. I mean, that was that was big. Um, what, what happens inside you when something like that happens? Like, um, because it, like certain I mean, and I, and I poise this question to other musicians, which is why I ask it of you. How like that feeling to some has been like, I really don't know how to react because I don't, I mean, they don't see their own power in a lot of instances, or they don't want to be that person to take the credit for it because they're almost too selfless for their own good. So like, wh how does that, I mean, to me, I mean, I get it. A I, I've gotten it more now just because I'm having these types of conversations, but the ability to just have somebody connect with you, even if you don't know who they are, yeah. can, where it can help their life more than you realize. So how yeah. does, I mean, how does that make you feel when that happens? It just makes me feel like this is bigger than me. Like this is not just about me. And, you know, right. at first it was, when I was younger, it was just like, I love singing. I'm going to sing. That's what I'm going to do. Cause I love it. But as I got older, it made me realize that this is bigger than just, you know, you liking the saying and you enjoying it. This is touching people's lives. This is, you know, right. something you, and like, I go back to the whole God given talent that I'm supposed to use. Like I'm using, I'm, I have this talent for a reason. He didn't give me this talent because to be selfish with it and keep it in, you know, go in my corner at home and just sing to myself every day. He gave me this gift so that I could spread it and help people help uplift people because that's what I'm doing. People tell me all the time that your smile uplifts me. Your When you speak and you speak positivity, that uplifts me. When you sing, you know, you uplift me. And I'm like, okay, well, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. I mean, obviously, well, oh, it, it finally makes sense now. Right. It's a, tell me about that aha moment where it finally made sense. Like when, when, when was it first off? And how did you feel afterwards, right? Because that, uh, for me, that aha moment did not honestly come until later in the year last year. I was always yeah, working towards it, but it was like, I get it now. Yeah. And then it was like, um, it just went from there. It happened probably, I would say last year as well, because it happened when I really started taking my brand seriously, because I had to really think about, you know, what, and what, who am I and what am I all about? And I had to really right. think about that. And I thought about, wow, you know, I'm very a very positive person. I'm all about living your best life, living your happiest life, and, you know, being happy overall, excuse right. me. And so once I really started to decide that was what my branding is, and I started, you know, getting involved with different um, 
marketing experts and taking some courses, some um, pod, listening to some podcasts and things like that. And I started doing, um, you know, investing into my brand. That's when I started getting, you know, people, more people to follow me on my Facebook page and Instagram page and things like that. And then they, the comments started to come where people would say things like that, like, wow, I, you know, I was having a bad day. This really helped me. And I'm like, wow, this is why your brand is so important because it lets you see that, you know, it's not just about, you know, singing or rapping or whatever. It's about, you know, the connection you have with your fans and, and the connection. I mean, and the, and the, the, the feeling that you give them, because it's not a, it's not about you. It's about right. the fans, the people. And the more you do for them, the more that they will come to you. And then it's a, and it's also beneficial to you because knowing that you're doing right. this for these people is like, wow, I'm, this is me. Like little old me has this effect on you. It's, it's really humbling. And it's like amazing at the same time. Like, wow. That when you have that when you get that it's it it's game over right because nothing else can top that feeling no because it's like it all like everything every moment where you started to doubt your ability growing up every moment where you started to like where you would quiet yourself in a circumstance rather than speak up Every single one of those moments all align when that happens. And all yeah. of a sudden it's like a weight that's on that's been on your shoulders that you weren't really even aware of was actually there. Yeah. When you feel it lift off, you're like, wow. Like it actually feels better because you put yourself on, or I mean, we as human beings do this anyways, but thanks to social media, we tend to do it a lot more. We put yeah. so much pressure on ourselves to match other other people's standards rather yep. than caring about how what our own standards for our own life is. And I mean, talking about, about, about mental health in social media, that is a huge topic because we put so much value in a like, in a follow, in a comment. But yet when we're either, when we're engaging in real life, having a conversation like this, because my good friend Rowan kind of made it a point like, why don't you just sit down and have an hour-long talk with a friend? You don't. We don't do that anymore. We don't. It's always, we, a, it's always a quick text. It's a okay. quick call. It's a, it's a comment or it's a DM. But it's never really a. Let's talk about what we're feeling. Exactly. I mean, granted, we're not we're not in the same space right now. But I mean, we are. Because yeah. I mean, and this is why I'm not even caring about who watches or who's live watching because I, it's about our conversation. Yeah. So what, when you go through those moments or when somebody's messaging you and saying, you helped me, do you ever have those moments where you start to, not only say where you start to doubt, but where you start to question the why? The now, let me, why? Let me that. Like when, when it happened to me, when, when it happened to me for the first like four few, few times, I was like, I'm like, I'm a guy from Rockford, Illinois that just started doing something. How could like, why would that be of inspiration to you, of help to you? I mean, I guess that goes back to doubting your own power, like what we were just talking about. But mm -hmm. what, I mean, do you get people, I mean, obviously you get people that message you, but what, where do you take it from there? I guess that that's where I want to go with this. Okay. So, so somebody messages you, somebody talks to you at a show. They say, you inspired me. You made my day, my week, my month, my year, my life better. Where do you go in that conversation from there? I'm just so, I, I lately I've just been so humbled and just so like amazed. I'm just like, wow, thank you so much. I'm so glad that you, I'm so glad that I could do that for you, but I'm so glad that you came. I let them know that I genuinely appreciate their support and their presence because without them, I'm, I'm, I'm nothing. And I want people to know that. I want people to know that, yeah, I did something for you, but I want you to know that you really did something for me because without you, what's the point of me singing without, you know, I don't have a song to sing to anyone, you know, that thank right. you for 
being there and supporting me and paying the admission to get in and asking about more upcoming shows and asking where you can get merchandise and just wanting to join my email. You know, those things really helped me go to the next level. And I'm grateful for you. I make sure I tell them that. Gratitude is huge. And I don't think the world is grateful enough. So I, I'm I'm really glad to hear you say that because I mean other people when I've either talk offline or even on the show about that a lot several people will kind of make it about them when it's not a, about them in in that moment and I mean you being wise about the fact that even once once your music is done it's no longer about you it's about them it's about each and every one of them that listens and and when when you oh. Yeah, we we apparently lost our guest. I'm sure she'll be back in a moment. Um, but in the meantime, while we're waiting for her to come back, uh, if you're listening to this or watching this and, and are struggling or going through something yourself, uh, as I mentioned in the prior episodes, I'm working with my dear friend Rowan Bradler. I'm creating a an online resource that is composite of all mental health uh, related uh, resources just so, so that you can connect with them and, uh, and find help. Uh, I was just telling them as you're, as you were coming back <laughs> that, um, I'm working with Rowan Bradler to create an online resource system or an okay. online resource for all things mental health. And, um, I hope to have that launched in the next few weeks or at least publicly available in the next few weeks while I build out the rest of the site. But um, mental, men, I mean, the subject of mental health is so broad, which is why sometimes these conversations are really detailed and depth, sometimes they're, they're not. Uh, but like what in, in, your, in your space of teaching, especially with special education, that, that has to weigh on a soul. Because I mean, you see kids going through a lot, and I, mean, yes. I, I grew up, I grew up in a similar environment. My, um, my aunt was a, uh, caretaker for several, several mentally handicapped children throughout the years. And it was, um, it wasn't always easy. No, it's not. <laughs> I mean, how, how do you do that? Because I'm really compelled about, to learn more about that side of your life. Oh, sure. Um, Well, it's definitely a challenging but yet very rewarding career. Um, When you're working with kids who, you know, don't get it, you know, special needs, that means they're having struggles in the general classroom. They don't grasp the curriculum as quickly as their, you know, other classes who aren't special, um, who aren't classified as specialists. They have a lot of uh, learned helplessness, self-doubt. They feel like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not smart. I'm stupid. You know, I've heard that a few times, but I make sure that I emphasize to them that, you know, I'm here to help. You know, you aren't stupid. You are very smart. You just need a little extra help. And I let them know that as a young child myself, that I needed help too. I may not have been, you know, I don't, I don't say that, you know, we don't use the word special ed with the kids because that's just not really positive. But I mean, I wasn't a special education student, but I let them know that I needed tutoring when I was in high school or in in college because I needed to get through this course that I didn't understand and I needed a tutor. And there's nothing wrong with needing help. And they're kind of amazed sometimes when they hear an adult tell their story like, wow, you did? You needed a tutor to help you get through your class? You didn't just know it? And I'm like, no, I had to learn. I had to have someone help me. My teachers helped me. My tutors helped me. And um, I also deal with students who have more so they're not necessarily academically um low but they have some emotional issues where they don't know how to handle their emotions they let their anger or their frustration get the best of them and so i have to talk to them about um i'm thinking of one student in particular we had to like i had to build a relationship with him to let him know that if you ever feel frustrated you ever feel like you know you don't get something or you feel like it's too much and come to me and just sit in the corner and relax for a little while. And he began to realize like, oh, you know, I'm not in trouble. She's just right. helping and talking to me. And I would try to calm him down and I would ask him 
little calm now and things like that. And he would say, yeah, I think I'm feeling better now. And it's those types of relationships that make the, the career so rewarding. And, you know, um, knowing that you truly gave someone an outlet and, you know, teachers have such a bad rap from in the past, like, you know, they yell at kids and they point fingers like you sit down and you do this but teaching now a, a lot nowadays is about building those relationships it's kind of very similar to singing and your fans building mm -hmm. those relationships building that trust so i guess by being a, a teacher it has helped me become a better uh artist and connecting with my fans and 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 your your entire energy shifted when you started talking about this like you were smiling before but you're smiling larger now and it's, yeah. but I can, again, that comes down to positivity and energy and you, you know, where you want to be and the confidence in your ability in those situations. I don't know if I could handle it, but that's why there are people <laughs> like you who can't handle it only because I mean, my, admittedly, I have a shorter temper than most people, I mean, even with my own kids, they <laughs> One tried to like peek into the office a little while ago. Um, <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time they've interrupted a live video. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I'm I'm just always in so, so inspired by people who are in the education field, mainly because I grew up with my grandparents being in education. So it. Um, and then you, you add on top of that special needs education and, and, and dealing with the those who might be struggling with emotional, um, I don't want to say disabilities, but emotional needs. It, yeah, it's emotional. very trying on you. So that just that just speaks to your, your, your strength. Because I've had moments where I'm just like, Whew, I have to breathe. I have to, you know, take a break, you know, tell one of my coworkers, can you handle this for a second? I really need to, uh, you know, readjust and just take a moment to, to breathe. Right. No, it's not always so rewarding. And you're just like, oh, yeah, everyone's happy. You know, there are days where it's like, wow, this student is not listening to me. They're having a really rough day. But then <clears throat> say 80% of the time it's rewarding. 80% of the time, you know, you have a student who's acting out in class because, you know, they maybe feel like they're not making that connection with the teacher. But then when they come to me, they're able to tell me their problems. And it makes me feel good to know that they feel comfortable enough to come to me and tell me what's wrong so that we can try to fix it and, and we can help the situation. So right. another gratifying right. teaching, building those relationships. It's all about those relationships. and Relationships are important. Especially yeah. honesty in relationships. Yes. And I mean, you mentioned earlier going through a divorce. I've been through one. Mine was pretty wicked, um, very painful. So I commend, I, not only do I commend you for being an incredible musician and an educator, which are two fields that are very close to me, but I commend you for going through what you're going through and still being able to smile. Yeah, because that, that's a part of my mental health story. <laughs> I mean, let's talk about that. This the smiling. Wait, what? Why? I, it's just something that I was kind of raised to do. My mother smiles, you know, a lot when she's around people. She's not really a people person per se. She's very shy, but when she does interact with people and uh, like especially customer service and things like that. She's always mm -hmm. like, you know, she she always is kind of like, you know, judgmental when someone doesn't smile or someone doesn't make her feel at ease or feel like they are grateful for her business. And she always made it a, a told me like to make sure that you know, as a musician, you know, and that's a being an entrepreneur, that you let people know that you're grateful for their their business, that you're happy to see them. Right. And I feel like this kind of was ingrained and instilled in me at such a, a young age that it kind of, I, I just kind of comes naturally. I get hallway. They say like, wow, she's always smiling and she's always happy. And I may not be happy that particular day, but smiling does make me feel better because it makes it kind of, right. you're like tricking yourself into being happy. 
and I don't want to say tricking yourself. You know, you're you're kind of helping yourself become happy, even though you may not be. Because right. To see someone frowned up and depressed and, you know, sad all the time. You know, you want to try to be your best self. That's what I want to be. Try to be my best self as much as I can. Awesome. That's a good thing to be. I mean, when you can, when you figure out what that is, and it's different for everybody, literally anybody listening to this, that is different. Like it, it's not the same for me that it is for, that it is for Angela. And it's not going to be the same for you that it is for your friend. So understand right. that everybody is different when it comes to that. But a lot of what makes me happy may make you happy as well. So allow yourself to feel. And one of the things that I was talking about with Catherine Hoxie uh, last week was not just chasing happiness, but allowing yourself to feel through it, through it all. Yeah. that's true and that's important. I mean it, it opened up my eyes a little bit because I was like no I'm, I'm just I'm not chasing happiness but I'm running towards happiness every day sometimes I'm close sometimes I'm not so close and yeah. so I, I think and especially when when talking about our fans and our community it's you have to give yourself the ability to feel but understand and be aware enough in yourself to identify when you're not in control of that that feeling yeah and um you have to make yourself happy there's nobody else that can right that's that's what most counselors say and i mean i'm not a mental health professional i think most people have understood this by now but (laughs) i i am well versed enough because i've dealt with a lot of it on my own um But the whole mission of the of this community is my story might not always resonate with you, but your story can help somebody else. So that being said, I'm really grateful uh, for you taking the time out of your Friday night to join me. And um, it's 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 getting to the time in the episode where where we want to start talking about what are what are some of those action steps that you took in your life to to maybe progress out of the dark times that, that maybe somebody else can take as like a, as a moment of inspiration for their own life. Well, yeah, as you, as I stated earlier, I am currently going through um, a divorce and it was a very dark time. You know, I was crying a lot. I was, you know, asking myself why blaming myself. And I originally went to therapy um, in attempt to try to help the marriage. Uh, I wanted right. us both to go. However, um, he did not want to go. He ref- actually refused to go. He didn't like it or, you know, claim that it just, he didn't want to go. As a guy, he didn't want to be vulnerable is what it was. I, I admittedly, I've gone through the same thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, but something inside of me said that, but I'm still hurting. I'm still dealing with something. So I need to still go. And I informed the therapist that, you know, unfortunately my husband won't come but I still want to come. And she was like, well, I commend you for still wanting to come and still wanting to have sessions. And so we continued the sessions and I really got to, you know, get the help that I needed to, you know, realize that, you know, it's not my fault. You know, it's, I mean, it's not per se either of our faults. It's just that we, you know, have issues that, you know, we weren't, I guess, able to work through and, you know, you make the conscious decision to do what's best for you, you know, do the, do what's right. best for Angela at this point. And at first I felt guilty about even like speaking or even wanting to think the words divorce, because that's just, you know, that's not what you're supposed to do. You get married to be together forever. Right. right? But, you know, I, I wasn't happy and things weren't, you know, you know, we won't get into all of the, the things that happened, but you know, things were not going the way I wanted for my marriage. And I had to make a really tough decision to move forward and just, you know, let that uh, chapter of my life go. But the ther- being going to therapy truly helped me because I don't know what I would have done if I didn't go to therapy. I probably would have just, what, I guess, kept being miserable and who knows where that would have led me. Right. You know, I'm not thinking suicide or anything like that. I mean, I, I just think I would have. But to some people that does go there. Yeah. 
yeah, no judgment there at all. Um, and then she was very encouraging about, you know, making sure that I, you know, spoke positive affirmations to myself every day, right. uh, made sure that I informed her of ways that I was going to, uh, uh, express and release the negative energy and the stress that I was going through. Like, you know, working, I told her about how I like to work out. That helps me get off a lot of steam. How I like singing, of course, and right. writing is definitely a huge part of, you know, helping me get through that as well. Writing about my experiences and being with people who love and care about me, my family and friends and my fans as well. So she was very happy to know that I didn't let this just bring me totally down. I kept right you know, going and kept doing things to help me, you know, release that stress of dealing with this because right. at first I was keeping it to myself. You know, I didn't tell my family for a while or my closest friends for a while. It was just kind of like something I was just trying to struggle through by myself. And right. You were trying to figure your way out of it because you didn't want to talk to them because I mean, whether we say it or not, whether we admit to it or not, we care how other people think and be, feel and view us. And I mean, yeah. that's kind of ingrained in human nature. So, yeah, yeah I understand how you hide that. And you're ashamed as well. Like you don't want right. to, you know, let them know that you failed. But, you know, it's not really a failure. It's just a chapter. A repositioning. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Exactly. So therapy definitely helped me. And I would advise anyone who's going through anything that traumatic, whether it's a divorce or a death of a loved one or whatever, something that you that's tragic to you, you should right. definitely someone, whether it's a therapist or a close family or friend that you love and trust. Or even reach out to Angela or myself because we yeah, tend to. I, definitely, please. I, I, will I like to offer myself up as a resource. Not that I have the answers or or even any answer at all, but. I have ears and a heart that's willing to listen. So um, that being said, if you've gotten through this far, thank you. <laughs> yes. um, I appreciate everybody taking the time out of their days to, I mean, watching, listening to 45 to an hour of 45 minutes to an hour of anything is tough for people unless it's television. And, I, and I've got to take this to like the big screen or something like that. Allow, allow my, the voice to get louder. Um, but I really am thankful for those who pay attention and who have who find something out of this to make their own life better. I, I remember uh, a few weeks ago, uh, back in season one, we um, I had somebody message me after the session, and they said, "I thought you were talking directly to me." Wow, that's and powerful. that's the only reason why I do this. Wow. Because if, if I can, if we can, through an hour of two, hopefully soon to become friends, I mean, we follow each other on social media, but like, if we can, if our conversation, our 60 minutes, 45 minutes, 55 minutes, whatever it's going to end up being, is impactful enough in somebody's life, and they get something out of it to make themselves feel a little bit better, if not completely better, that makes every single all the time i put into this worth it and every also also all the time of my guests um so again if you are struggling find help this is how again how available i am go to my instagram my phone number is in the call button on my instagram page wow right here this thing that never leaves my hand according to my wife um <laughs> I know. But that's how available I am. So I want to continue to put myself out there as a resource. Um, but if you don't want to call me, you can always DM me too. Um, Send me an email, whatever. <laughs> right. Because some, because sometimes or oftentimes when somebody is going through something, they really don't want advice. They just want to feel like, they just want to feel acknowledged. They just want somebody to listen to what they're going yeah. through. So, I mean, that that's what you pay a therapist for. That's what I paid a therapist for when I went through my divorce, too. It was just, wait a second. I'm paying you to tell you, for you to affirm everything that I was feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that works. Um, 
they're listening to you without judgment too. That's another reason why I recommend therapy if you can afford right. it because she's she's never said like, you know, well, that's wrong or that's right. You know, she's just listening. And if I may ask a question or two and she'll give her, you know, professional opinion, but she's basically there as a listening ear and to, and not in a non-judging way, like, Oh, he right. did or boy, you did that. But she's never judgmental. And I needed that, that neutrality. Right. Right. <sighs> so as we get ready to wrap up, tell the, I mean, obviously I'm going to include everybody's all, all of your links down in the comments sections and stuff below, but, um, how can people get in touch with you? How can they find out what's going on? What's new and exciting in your world? How can they do it? What's the, what's the best place for them to go? Um, definitely my Instagram and Facebook. So I'm Angela Davis music. That is my handle on Instagram. I always post, uh, you know, my schedule and different things that I'm doing and video clips of myself performing and inspirational things in my um, <laughs> Instagram stories. So Angela Davis music is, Instagram. And then I'm also very active on my Facebook page, fan page, which awesome. is Angela Davis Entertainment. And I, like I said, I post a lot of inspirational quotes and pictures and video clips and performance schedules. So if you're in the Michigan area, you can come and check me out. I got to come back up that way sometime soon. <laughs> I was up there last yeah. fall, but I haven't been back in a while. Yeah, I would love to see you. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Uh, so you're probably pretty familiar with this by now because you've been paying attention and everybody else who's listening, watching will understand the point in the episode where we're coming. This is, this is the moment where I say the phrase that I say in every single piece of video content I put out there pretty much. Um, but it, 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 it's an affirmation for me and, and I want to share it with everybody here. So I, I say, be happy. I say have fun. I say hustle hard. But there is no amount of hustle that can bring you happiness or, or fun in your world. So you right. got to put those two first. And I agree. Uh, as well as this video, as well as Tuesday's episode will be available on YouTube and the audio form of the podcast Sunday night. So stay tuned to social media. Uh, for those links and then uh, stay tuned to Instagram and Facebook Monday for announcing next week's guests. I'm going to keep this going until my voice just won't stop or until my voice stops working. And then I will be typing it all out because together, if we talk loud enough and together often enough, we can start to create change. And the change that I want to see in this is the fact that if we are struggling, if we are going through something, that we open up and talk about it rather than close it in and, and, and be quiet because I don't want to read about somebody losing their life or, or, or worse taking somebody else's because of, because of how they feel and because nobody could talk. They didn't feel like they had anybody they could talk to. Yeah. There's a community being built around this right now. And the louder that we become, the more our voices can, or the less our voices can be ignored. So, yeah. Angela, I want to thank you for lending your voice and your story tonight. Um, I'll have you stick around after I end this, and um, we'll, we'll, we'll follow up. And um, to everybody else, thank you, and we'll see you in the next one. Yes, bye, guys.